Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm so happy to see you guys here again on this beautiful Sunday night. You know, the weather is a little gloomy today, but, you know, it's so amazing to, that God moved you guys to just be here tonight despite the weather. You know, you could have, you know, the weather outside is perfect staying in weather right now. It's all gloomy. It's cold a little bit. You guys could be all snuggled up in your beds or on your couch just watching TV, but, you know, God chose you to come here tonight, and we're so thankful for that. And I'm it's just so amazing to see these seats packed here. So, um, you know, this is my second time preaching, and, um, you know, I'm so thankful for God for this opportunity to just come up here and to deliver his word to you guys. And, um, you know, growing up in this church, I never thought that I would be in this position one day, but, you know, here I am, part two. Um, you know, God always works in mysterious ways, and one of those mysterious ways is that now this is the second time that I can get up here and my parents will actually listen to me. So, you know, praise God for that. Praise God. You know, so um, tonight's um, message is titled, Will You? I'm going to go ahead and move the TV back a little bit. So we'll use a question. And by the time we get to the end of this, um, I will hope that you guys will be able to answer this question, will you? And we'll go into more detail about what you will be doing, hopefully, by the time we get to the end. So um, let's go to our anchor verse, which is just one verse out of Romans chapter 12, the very first verse. And that is Romans 12.1. So I'm going to go ahead and read that out loud for us. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true form of worship. So let us open in prayer. Father God, on this night, Lord, um, I thank you for bringing all of us here tonight, Lord, into your house to just um, worship you, Father God, and to hear about your word tonight, Father God. Lord, um, tonight I pray for everyone here in the congregation, your people, Lord God. I pray that you open up their hearts, open up their minds, so that when I speak, when you speak through me, Father God, that your heart, their hearts will be touched through you, Lord God. I pray that my words tonight, your words, will not fall on deaf ears, Father God, but I pray that everyone here will use this message, utilize what your word has to say, Father God, so that they can grow closer to you, so that they can live more spiritual lives, Father God. Lord, on this night, I pray um, for myself, Father God. I pray that you override my preparations, Lord. I pray that you utilize me, my whole body, um, my mind, my body, my spirit, Father God. I pray that you utilize it to the fullest extent so that I can deliver your message to your people tonight, Father God. Lord, we thank you so much, and I'm your vessel, and I pray that you just use me, Father God. We thank you so much for this night. We lift the rest of this night up to you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, in Romans 12:1, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And so that's what we're truly going to be focusing on tonight, is those few words. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, this verse really hit home for me. Um, you know, I was just studying for tonight. I'm going through the weeks. I'm just preparing for the Lord's message. 
Um, you know, I began evaluating my own life as a Christian. As John John, who was saved by Jesus Christ on January 9, 2009. And looking back with the 19 years that God has given me, I realized that, you know, I wasn't truly presenting my own self, my own life, my own body as a living sacrifice for God. I used to think that my spiritual life and everything outside of that was completely separate. I used to think that I would go to church on Sundays, I would do my youth group on Thursdays, I would go to prayer meetings and vision school on Mondays, Wednesdays. Everything in the church was separate from my life outside of the church. It was separate from my schooling over at UNR. It was separate from my job and my workplace. It was separate from my family and my home. But I realized that, you know, this couldn't be more wrong. God has given me this life. God has given you your life. And I realized that a lot of us, including myself, are only giving a portion of it back to God. Where, but it, in Romans 12, it says to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's not saying to just present a part of your body, but to present the whole body as a living sacrifice to God, just as God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to do the same for us. In Romans, Paul urges us to present our bodies, but in order to fully understand the importance of presenting our body as a living sacrifice to God, we must first fully understand the significance of God's first initial sacrifice for us. So that let us move on. The ultimate sacrifice. So let's go to Luke 22, verses 41 to 44. And it says, Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and began to pray. Or 41 to 42, I'm sorry. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and began to pray. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. In this section of text, we can truly see the emotion that Jesus was feeling up before he went up on the cross. He was scared, so scared to the point that Jesus asked God the Father that if there was some way to take this cup away from me. This sh really shows Jesus' humanity in this aspect, that he was fearful of what was to come. But despite this, God's love and his love for us, his love for the Father, overwhelmed all this fear, that he went through with it anyways. Jesus knew the anguish and the severe pain that awaited him in the near future. Yet despite this, he persevered, he continued. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. This truly showed the love that Jesus had for us and for God the Father. Despite the intense fear and knowing the pain and the anguish that awaited him to the point on that cross, to the point that he was so scared that in his prayer he began to cry and he began to sweat blood. Imagine being that scared, being that nervous that you began to sweat blood. That's how scared Jesus was. But despite all that fear and despite all the pain that he eventually would suffer when he went up on that cross, Jesus followed his Father's will. His love for God, his love for me, his love for you was far greater than all the pain, all the fear, all the anguish that he endured on that cross. And because he loved you that much. Amen. So let's go to 1 John 4, 9 through 10. God's love was revealed among us in this way. 
God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Once again, this continues to detail the initial sacrifice that God had made for us. It shows the importance and the true depth of God's love for not only us, but for his people. So God sent his own son to die from us, to save us from ourselves. Even when we didn't love God, like it says in the verse, God loved us. You know, we were down, dirty sinners. We didn't love God. The people at that time didn't love God either. They were full of sin, full of greed, full of hate. Name it, they were doing it. Same as right now. You know, we're so full of greed, so full of hate, so full of all this sin that's just flooding into our lives, flooding into our world, our society. But despite this, God loved us. God loved us first, even before we loved him. And that just truly shows the, the, deep, the deep love that God had for us. You know, imagine just, um, there was one time there was a, there was like a murderer, right? And there was this murderer, he got sentenced to jail. And, you know, it was a gruesome murder. It was terrible. I won't go into details, but there was this murderer. He got sentenced to jail for life. And all of the inmates, even the prison guards, all of them, they were scared of this man because of the acts that he committed. But despite all this, God found favor in this man. You know, when one day someone came and he shared the gospel to this man, this murderer. And through that, this man became to, came to know Christ. He came to um, fall in love with Jesus Christ more and more every day. And soon this murderer who everyone was scared of, soon this murderer began to share the gospel throughout the prison, throughout his inmates. And through this murder, many lives and many souls were saved and brought to Christ. And that's truly amazing. And th that shows that God truly loves us. God loved this murderer who did so many horrific, terrible things, but yet God chose him because God loved him. And the same goes for you. I don't know what sin that you have been committing in your life. I'm sure we all have sin in our lives. But God still chose you. God chose you sitting there right now in this sanctuary. God chose you to be his. So let's move on. God chose you. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 9 and 10. For I am the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and by his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Does anyone know who wrote that? Paul. Paul. Um, so let's look back on the life of Paul. Um, like I detailed with the murderer earlier, um, the murderer, not a good man. Same thing with Paul, definitely not a good man. Um, looking back on the life of Paul, we can understand that, understand the point that he was trying to make when he wrote these words. As Saul, um, so for those of you who don't know, um, Paul used to be called Saul back before he was saved by Jesus Christ. As Saul, he was one of the most passionate leaders against the teaching of Jesus Christ in his time. 
He persecuted countless Christians all over the place during his time and even approved the killing of Stephen. You know, Stephen was um, a man. He was a true follower of Jesus Christ. He loved God with all his heart, so much to the point that he would go out into the streets and to just preach God's word and to just, you know, just announce Jesus' love to everyone who was willing to listen, everyone who was passing by. Stephen did that. And yet, when, when Saul saw this man, this man Stephen, Saul approved and ordered the killing of him. And they went, they killed him cold-blooded in the streets. They stoned him to death. And they threw rock after rock, and eventually Stephen died. And so, as we can see, we can see the, the hate and the um, the hate and the sin that was so profound within Saul, his hate for Jesus Christ. And we can totally see that, you know, Saul was not a follower of God. He was not a follower of Jesus Christ, although he thought he was. So, yet despite this, God still found favor in Paul. You know, God works in truly amazing ways, and he turned one of his biggest persecutors, Saul, and he turned him into Paul. And eventually he became arguably one of the greatest missionaries of all time. You know, after Saul became Paul, um, after this amazing story, I won't go into details tonight, but when Saul became Paul, um, this man Paul, he, he went and preached the gospel all over the world, all over the country. He wrote many books, many letters um, that you can find in the Bible today. Um, you know, um, Acts, or not, not Acts, but Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the Thessalonians, the Corinthians. Paul wrote all of those. And to think that this man who was so profound, so amazing, um, so in love with the Lord, that he wrote nearly half of the New Testament, to think that this man used to hate Jesus Christ, this man had followers of Jesus Christ killed in the streets, but yet God chose Paul because God loved Paul. And he turned him into this amazing man, so full of the Lord, so in love with the Lord. So let's go to Romans 5.8. But, but God proves his own love for us, that in that, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So just as God chose Paul, God also chose you. You know, if God chose Paul to become one of his greatest servants, despite all the transgressions, all the sin, all the hate that he spread, all the hate that he possessed for Jesus, then how much you? What about you, Christian? God chose you to be in his family, didn't he? You know, God chose us, despite the sin that we possess in our lives. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He chose us. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. That's the main thing to point out that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, that despite all the things that we were doing, despite all the pain and the hate and the anguish that we were causing, Christ still died for us. And he knew what we were doing, but he loved us so much that he still did. And he still went up on that cross for us. He still endured all that pain and that torture. So... We ought to be grateful for being God's chosen. And with gratitude for God must come action. So, here we have love plus gratitude equals action.
So let's read this. Matthew 16, 24 to 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Forever who, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. Raise your hand if you love God. High, real high. Raise your hand if you love God. Real high. The higher you raise your hand, the more you love God. <laughs> so, I'm glad that all of you guys rose your hand. It's so great that, you know, all of you love God. All of you love God so much that you just rose your hand up there without a question because you love God that much. But there's another part to that question that I'd like to ask. How far, how far are you willing to go for God? Are you truly, truly willing to deny yourself and take up your own cross daily even? You know, truly loving God doesn't mean taking up your cross only on Sundays, only on the days that you go to church. That is not truly denying yourself and taking up your cross. Truly loving God manifests itself in wanting and desiring to live for God on a daily basis. You know, just as Jesus carried his own cross to eventually die on it because he loved us, the question is, are you willing to do the same for him? We need to reciprocate this feeling, this feeling that God loved us so much that he sacrificed his own son to die on the cross for us. We need to reciprocate that feeling. Reciprocate means to give back equally. We need to love God to the point that we are willing to die on that cross for him. That just as Jesus Christ went up on that cross and endured all that pain for us, we need to love God so much in a way that we would go up on that cross ourselves because we love him as well. You know, love goes both ways. It can't just be that God loved us and then we just go out and go live our lives. It can't be that way. God loved us and therefore we love him. So, let's go to Galatians 2.20. Um, a lot of you guys might know this verse if you've been in this church for a long time. Um, it was our founding pastor's original, um, our founding pastor's um, favorite verse. Um, so, shout out Pastor Julius if he's watching over there. So, let us read it together. I have been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So, I have been crucified with Christ. You know, that's the end of that, right? If we take up our cross and we carry it, at the end we get crucified, right? Because when Jesus took up his cross and he carried it, when he got to the top of that mountain, what happened at the end? He got crucified. He died for us. So if we too are willing to take up our cross and to live for him on a daily basis, when we get to the end, are we willing to die for Christ just as Christ was willing to die for us? If we truly love God and are grateful to God, then let us combine these feelings, love plus gratitude. Let us combine these feelings, add them together, and turn them into action. Love plus gratitude equals action. And give them back to God because he already did so much for us. So let us carry our own cross. Let us be crucified with Christ if we truly do love him the way that he loved us. How much do you love God? A lot, right? You raised your hand super high because you loved God that much. But how far are you willing to go for God? Are you willing to go 
to the point of death for Jesus Christ? Are you willing to do that? We need to reflect on that in our lives because so much of our lives is lived with only giving a portion of it back to God. But in reality, what we need to be doing is are presenting our whole bodies as living sacrifices. It's not just a portion, but the whole entire body. Just as Jesus Christ presented his whole body for us, we need to do the same. Now, before I move on, um, I want to go to Ephesians 2. Or, my bad. Let's go to Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9. I don't have it on a slide, but... Um, we can flip there in our Bibles, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys even have this verse memorized. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. All right, I'm going to read this out loud for us. For by grace you are saved through faith. And this not of yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. So before I move on, um, I want to make something clear. I'm not implying that in order for one to grow closer to God that they need to do works. Um, you know, presenting yourself as a body, presenting your body as a living sacrifice, yes, is a work. But I'm not implying that in order for you to grow closer to God that you need to do these things. You need to, you know get up here and preach. I'm not saying you need to do that. I'm saying that if you truly love God, if you're truly grateful for him, then works is just a byproduct of that. It's not something that brings you closer to God, but it's a byproduct of your love and your gratitude for God. As it says in the verse, not from works so that no one could boast. However, if one truly is in love with God, if you truly are grateful for him, for the sacrifice that he made to you, he made for me, he made for all of us, then you should be moved to present your whole being to him, your whole body as a living sacrifice, not out of obligation, but out of love and gratitude. Let us go to Proverbs 16, 9. Um, so I was hanging out with Pastor Joe yesterday, and he just threw this verse out to me. Um, and I really found it very impactful and you know, I just had to change, um, had to change up the flow a little bit because I really wanted to include this verse. So let's read it together. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. You know, as, as a Christian, um, as a guy, as a 19-year-old kid growing up here in the United States, um, I had a lot of plans. For, I have a lot of plans for my life. I still do. Um, and I'm sure you guys have a lot of plans for your life as well. You know, one of the plans that I hear a lot often here in this church is um, a plan of a nice retirement to the Philippines. I hear about that plan all the time. I think, I think I've heard every, you know, older Filipino couple mention it here sometime. Um, you know, a plan of a nice retirement to the Philippines. You know, the plans kind of like, kind of goes along the lines of, you know, come here to the United States, um, work hard you know, grow some money, raise your kids so that they become successful. Then once that's all done, you know, just go, go back home to the Philippines. Nice retirement. You know, your kids are doing well, so you don't need to watch over them anymore. Go back home to the Philippines, live comfortably for the rest of your life, and that's it. I hear about that plan a lot. I'm sure a lot of you are looking forward to that right now even. 
But, you know, even myself, I have my own plans. Um, you know, right now I'm a second year at UNR. I'm, I'm a sophomore, and I'm only 19 years old, but I have a lot of plans for my future. Um, right now I'm a journalism major, so um, one day my dream is that I can, you know, be up on the news and, you know, be a reporter or something like that, something along those lines. And, you know, my dream is that, all right, all right, John Jan, so when you graduate college, you know, do good in your grades, maybe be a, you know, a magna cum laude or whatever. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know, Mom. We'll see. But, you know, that's the plan, right? Graduate from college. And after I graduate from college, I'm going to intern here at a local um, news, um, news outlet, you know, Reno Gazette Journal, Colo 8, Channel 2, Channel 4. You know, do some internship there. You know, small time, local news stuff. And then once I get some experience from those um, places, uh, my next plan is to go out to a much bigger news company. Um, you know, Fox, CNN. I don't mean to get political. But a big news company, per se, right? So that's my plan, you know. Work for a big news company, move out, probably move to a bigger city in order to do that. Los Angeles, New York City, Houston, something like that, right? That's my plan for my life. But, <laughs> nice one, Tinanzi. But, as we make plans, as I make plans, as you make plans, when we make our own plans, we don't leave room for God. You know, when you plan to retire down to the Philippines, are you leaving room for God in that plan? When I plan to become a famous newscaster, looking back, I, don't, I didn't leave any room for God in that plan. You know, I didn't, like I was explaining to you, I didn't mention God at all. So, you know, my plan for my life isn't God's plan for my life. My, your plan for your life, for your future, isn't God's plan for your future, for your life. My dream isn't God's dream. And your dream isn't his either. So let's go to Romans 12.1. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we're going to read this again. Actually, let's read this all together. Three, two, one. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, as this is your true worship. So, as I've explained God truly loved us, that he sent his son to die for us on that cross. The depth of his love is unmeasurable, you know. And if God loved us so much, and we love God so much, and we're so grateful for God's love, that he went and sacrificed his only son for us, if we're so grateful for that, then like I said earlier, we need to combine those two emotions together, those two feelings. That feeling of being loving to God for what he's done and that feeling of being grateful to God for what he's done. And we need to turn that into action. And what is action? Action is presenting your body as a living sacrifice. That's what action is. You know, we can't just be sitting here in church on Sundays or going to church on Wednesday. We can't just be doing that. that. That's not truly presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Pres presenting your body as a living sacrifice for God means doing it daily, in and out, hour by hour, minute by minute. 
That's truly presenting your body as a living sacrifice. It's not just being here on a Sunday or being here on a Wednesday. We need to live our lives for God, not just a portion of our lives for God. So, you know, I hope by now we can all get it that His love for us is truly unmeasured. I know we can all do better, you know, despite all of our transgressions, because heaven and earth, it came together, and God, Jesus, he came to our rescue. So with that being said, we can use our lives as almost like a weapon, you know, on earth, just like it's in heaven. You know, as people, as humans, that as the humans, the flawed humans that God has made us, you know, we never handled things too well. But also, God made us to fly and not to fail. We don't need man's approval. We don't need the world's approval. Because God sent his son down from heaven to save us because we were going to go to hell. You know, and I like to think that we can make it. You know, we don't care what the world's been saying you know, what society's been saying. You know, it's time to step up and not to cave in. The grace that God gave us, it's amazing. It's a love that can conquer all hatred, all sin. But it's up to us. It's up to me, up to you, up to the entire church, all of you sitting here tonight. It's up to us as God's people to take action and to show his love to the world, to everybody. From the ends of the earth until the day he comes, we need to vow as Christians to live our lives for God, to live for God, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That is our true form of worship. That's what truly worshiping God is, is to live for him day by day, minute by minute, second by second. That is truly what worshiping God is, truly what loving God is, what having that gratitude for God. Because love plus gratitude needs to equal action. We can't just take these emotions in and not do anything with them. You know, I always have been a person where, you know, I always like to think that information is useless without application. You know, I could tell you all these things that, you know, God loved you and you should be grateful for that. But my words will fall on deaf ears if you guys don't apply it to your lives. So I challenge you tonight to truly live your lives for God, to truly present your bodies as living sacrifices for the Lord. Not just tonight, but from every day of your life thus far and going on, to truly live for God. Amen. So, here's my title, Will You? And now we can apply it to ourselves we can apply it, I can apply it to myself, you guys can apply it to your lives, um, everyone out there who's listening. The question is, will you present your body as a living sacrifice? Yes? Yes? Amen, amen. So, will you present your body as a living sacrifice? You guys can tell me yes, I heard a bunch of yeses, praise God for that, but that's just a word, right? A yes is just a word. In order to truly say yes, you need to do it. You can tell me yes. You can, you know, make sure everyone, oh, I hope you heard me say yes. <laughs> nah. Truly live your life for God. You know, you can tell me yes. You can say all these things. Oh, I want to live my life for God. 
I want to present my body as a living sacrifice, but go out and do it, you know? Don't just be the Sunday Christian, the Wednesday Christian. Now, I, I help at church sometimes, so I should be okay. No, truly live your life for God in and outside of church, at work, at school, at church, at home, everywhere. Every aspect of your life should be lived for God because God gave you every aspect of your life, and you can't just give him a portion back. You've got to give it all back because God gave us everything. We need to give everything back as well. So, you know, it's a little quick one, you know, not too used to doing the longer messages. I'll be honest. You know, maybe one day with enough practice, I can get to that hour mark. But, you know, we're halfway there right now. So, we're halfway there right now. So, I think I'm just going to go ahead and close us in prayer. And then, you know, we can get on with the rest of our nights. And then, you know, I hope that you guys can truly live your lives for God and truly present your bodies as living sacrifices. Amen. Amen. All right. Let us close in prayer. Father God, tonight, Lord, um, I pray for all of us here tonight, Father God, everyone sitting here in this sanctuary, every soul, Father God. I pray that um, you touch their hearts, touch their minds, Father God, and help them to understand that as you've given us all these things, as you've loved us so much, that you went and sacrificed your own son on that cross for us. I pray that you help us to understand the depth of your love for us and help us to be grateful for that opportunity that Jesus Christ has given to us through his death, Father God. Help us to be grateful for that. Help us to understand the love and help us to love you back. Help us to understand your love and help us to be grateful for that. And then with those two things, love and gratitude, help us to combine that together and turn it into action, Father God, so that us as a Christian can live our lives as a living sacrifice, just as Christ died for us, help us to get to the point of love that we would die for him. Help us, Lord, to live for you day by day, second by second, minute by minute. Help us to live for you in all aspects of our lives, not only at church, but at work, at school, when you're at home. Let us present every aspect to you, Father God. Lord, because we know that you gave it all for us. And you only deserve everything back. So, Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity, for the love that you've given us. And I pray that each of us here tonight can work on using our lives and utilizing it truly for you, Father God, every aspect, Lord. Help us to present our bodies as living sacrifices to you. Father God, um, we thank you for this night, Lord. Thank you for bringing us together once again here at FICF to just um, hear about your word, Lord, and I pray that you've touched everyone's hearts. Lord, um, I thank you once again for this opportunity for me to just get up on stage here and to just um, lift up your name to your people, Father God. Lord, it is not me who's standing here, but it is you, Father God. So I thank you for that. I lift up all the glory, the honor, and the praise to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Praise God. Let's give Brother John John another round of applause. So, John John, don't worry that you break up the 30 because I'll break the next 30. <laughs> no, it was a complete message. Thank you very much. Um, 
Thank you for always being willing. That's your second time and more to come, right? <laughs> second Timothy 4 to reads, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. The, the biggest, to add to the messages, the, the biggest question mark is, do you feel like obeying him all the time? Do you feel like making yourself a living sacrifice all the time? And the, the answer most of the time there is no. I mean, just the description, the definition of sacrifice alone hurts. Correct? I mean, if you've helped someone, sincerely helped someone, you know you've done it out of your comfort. Right? It's not really helping if it's comfortable for you. It's really helping when it becomes uncomfortable. It's the same for the Lord. What makes us think is different for God? For most of us, we think it's the same with God. If you ask yourself for the whole year when that COVID-19 hit, right? We're all locked down. Everybody was, you know, some of you were probably happy because you finally get to stay home and still get paid. Some of you were worried because now you can't work and you're stuck with your husband who's annoying, right? But the second that we were told to go to work, whether we felt like it or not, we went to work. But the, if you look at your spiritual life, you always ask yourself, do I feel like obeying God right now? I mean, John John asked, how much, you, how much do you love God, right? And we all raised our hands. And, you know, I have to share a story about Gianna. When she was two years old, uh, uh, Jamie was recording her. And she goes, how much do you love Poppy? She goes herself, Poppy, how, how much do you love me? And then <laughs> Gianna goes, uh, how much do you love Poppy? She goes, 20 bucks. <laughs> how much do you love your dad? 100 bucks. <laughs> you know, that's for a two-year-old translation of the word how much, right? So if you look at your spiritual life, if you look at your life now, look at your Christianity. It's for you to do the assessment. It's for you to do the inventory. How much do you love Jesus? How much of your life have you truly made a sacrifice of? And if your answer is not that much, 20 bucks, you know, 20 bucks. I think it's, it is time. It is time that we have to assess our love relationship with the Lord. There's nothing more. There's not, there, there should be no other motivation to live for the Lord other than his love for us. Not, not so you can get that promotion, not so that you can improve in that, that, that lifestyle because you want God's blessings, so you want to do something good for him. That's superstition. That's using God as your genie because you want his reward. Oh, living for God as a living sacrifice for him is out of your love relationship with him, whether you feel like it or not. Now, in order for us to truly do that, in order for us to truly see his love for us, we need to have our minds and our hearts connected. 
In Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2, it reads, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. See, the problem is our hearts are still set on the things down here. You know, a poll was taken. Americans were, you know, this is Christian, I think. Christian Americans were taken, uh, asked, they said, would you rather be fat or rather be rich? <laughs> no, actually, would you rather be skinny? Right, right. Would you rather be skinny and healthy or fat and rich? <laughs> I think it was a bad example, really. It wasn't mine, though. <laughs> you know what the answer was? Americans would rather be fat and rich. The health can follow later. So now that, is that having our hearts on things above? As Christians, our hearts should be on, on, on Christ and everything that, that he told us to do. Everything that he told us to do. Our hearts should be set there. And then it says here, where, your, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then second is set your minds on things above, not earthly things. You know, I read this today. Um, I think it's um, a McLaren costs about $300,000. Imagine a car, $300,000. <laughs> it's about a condo now here in Reno, but $300,000. And, and it, it takes you so long to make $300,000. But you know what? With that car, it could take you from, from a showroom to the wrecking place. Because someone who bought a, a McLaren hit a tree. So from a showroom to the car wreck, you know, $300,000 didn't matter so much. However, how, however much we can make here or attain here on earth, we can never take it with us, correct? And our lives, our lives should be lived for God. Now, it, that's, that line wouldn't matter to you if your hearts and your minds are still set on things here. What, you could care less about what God's decisions are or will for you. You could care less about living as a, becoming a living sacrifice for him if your hearts and your minds are still set on things here. Correct? So now, again, when you, we all go home tonight, I mean, as we close in, as we close in this, uh, sing this closing hymn, we have to reflect. Make a good reflection. April's almost done, Right? May is around. Before you know it, it's Christmas time. We need to reflect on our lives and who are we living for, right? Who are we living for? Are our hearts and our minds still there? Are we willing to become a living sacrifice for him? And I hope that your answer is yes because you feel God's love for you. And that's all that matters for you. And out of that love, it motivates you to live for him. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand and sing the closing hymn. And as they sing their closing hymn with Brother John John up here, and then the deacons up here with me, if you have any decisions you want to make this evening, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord, please come up so we can lead you to that prayer. If you want to become a member of this church, you've been visiting us for quite some time, when you look, and God is choosing this body for you, please come up so we can... We can recognize you. If you just need prayer, please come up so we can pray for you.